0: I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. It's the Feast of the Holy Spirit, and so I'm going to share a few thoughts on the Holy Spirit this morning. I'm going to try and keep it as contained as I can um, for the sermon length, which is ironic because the point of the sermon is that the Spirit is bigger than we think. So now that I've given you the... The Cole's notes will take our time getting there. Um, The Gospel reading talks about how the disciples will do greater things than Jesus, because the Spirit will be in them, just as the Spirit was in Jesus. And so as God was one with the Father, and the Father was one with Jesus, so uh, Jesus is in the the disciples, and the disciples are in Jesus, and the Holy Spirit will come, and it will all be part of this great oneness of being so that the disciples will do the things that Jesus did, and will do even greater things. And uh, so we've been carrying this story as the Christian faith ever since. We have this this statement of Jesus himself saying we're going to be better than Jesus in some way. And it doesn't sit right because, you know, Jesus is kind of up there and we're kind of down here, and how can that possibly make any sense? But of course the point is it's not us that's doing it, it's the Holy Spirit working through us. And so when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about how God is manifested through humanity, through human activity, and that there's this idea that in certain kinds of human activities and in certain human communities, God's power or presence becomes active in a way so that the activities have a power and an impact that they could not have on their own. So even in today's readings, we have the the great... um, link between the Tower of Babel and the, the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. At Babel, humans, in their pride, were building a tower up to heaven, which is symbolic of just being like God, of achieving everything, of being unlimited in power and, and authority. And of course, it was doomed. Uh, it didn't work. Humanity broke apart into the various languages. That's not the way to get to heaven, was the message of that story. And yet here in the the, the, in the second chapter of Acts, you have the story of the disciples speaking and everybody hearing what they're saying. It's the undoing of the the separation of the languages in the Tower of Babel story. So the message could not be clearer that what humans cannot achieve through pride, the Holy Spirit does achieve when it works through humanity. And the link, of course, is the crucifixion, where where the Holy Spirit comes because of the crucifixion and the resurrection, which is symbolic of the way of self-emptying, where it's not about us. It's about something bigger than us. It's about what God is doing through us. And when we empty ourselves and we allow God to act through us, then there's no limit. The sky is not the limit. The Tower of Babel is not the limit because it's not us. So this notion of God working through us is the, is the, the heart and soul of the Christian conversation of the Holy Spirit. And when we see the biblical examples and our conversation, um, the the other main point I want to make today is that we get distracted by the miraculous dimensions of that. And as you know from other sermons, I have nothing against supernaturalism. I've been party to supernatural experiences. It's fine. They're amazing. They're great. I cannot control them. I have no way of telling when they're going to happen. It's always a gift. I'm just busy doing my job, and then all of a sudden, oh, wow, that's cool. Someone just got healed that wasn't supposed to be healed. Someone just had an experience of the Holy Spirit. Out of nowhere, great. But it's always something that, is, that God is at work completely independently of what I'm doing in many ways. So, so I've stopped worrying about, is the Holy Spirit going to be active through me? You know, as a, as a priest, as someone that's dedicated my life to pursuing the goals of the Spirit, um, there, is a, there was, a, particularly as a, as a young priest, well, you've got to be the right kind of person. You've got to have your heart pure. You've got to do the right things. say the right words. Be faithful to the Bible. And do all these things so that we can make sure the Holy Spirit is busy through my ministry. And now you hear the main word in that, which is my. Right? Completely ego-centered. It's about my ministry and I have to be the right kind of person so that the Holy Spirit will be active in me. And One of my spiritual maturity points was to let that go and say, great, Holy Spirit, God, do what you do, I'm just going to get on with the business of trying to be as faithful as possible. The end. And if you do stuff, great. So to get my ego out of it and just be busy trying to be faithful was part of my growth. And in doing that, I changed my focus on the Holy Spirit. It became, I became less interested in the supernatural manifestations of the Spirit and more interested in the natural, everyday manifestations of the Spirit. And this is the heart of what I want to share with you this morning, is that the supernatural distracts us from how supernatural everyday life already is. The universe is full of the Spirit, of the glory of God, and we're not paying attention to it. And, um, and the goal for me in my relationship with God and the relationship with the Holy Spirit is to try and open my eyes and get my ego out of the way as much as I can so that I can perceive what the Spirit is already doing and I can either get on board or get out of the way. Um, so the, 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 the everydayness of the Holy Spirit it has been much more interesting for me. So how does the Holy Spirit manifest, if not in tongues of fire and, and speaking in tongues and magical healings and so forth? Um, some thoughts for me, uh, where does creativity come from? Where does human creativity come from? There's a certain point when I realized that when I'm writing a piece of music, I don't know how that works. I don't sit down and put in a bunch of time and coordinate some notes until they sound good. Usually it just comes unbidden into my mind from somewhere. And so for me, that's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit is active in my life. That It's a gift that human creativity, that co-creating with God, is a work of the Holy Spirit through me. And it's as mundane as, hmm, that's a nice tune, I should write that. So you just let it happen. Um, There are other ways of human creativity, and this is something that that I I don't have time to nuance it as much as I'd like, but scientific discoveries, where did they come from? You know, the, the, the vaccine, the polio vaccine. Where did that come from? Right? And for me, it's a work of the spirit. The, the mistake of secular culture is to disconnect that, that human ingenuity and the, the scientific drive and the discovery of the way that nature works from the spiritual heart of it, which is the openness to what God is doing in co-creating with us. And so when we do that, we create a new Babel, and things go wrong. The development of technology without a spiritual basis gives us Facebook, for example. Um, so that there's this incredible hubris at the heart of that corporation, which says, "What could possibly go wrong? Everybody getting a megaphone on the earth—perfect. What could possibly be wrong with that?" And so there's that 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 that, that hubris, that, that that human centrism, the, and of course the uh, the egocentrism of, of the uh, the tech startup CEOs and so forth that get in the way. But that doesn't mean that the creativity underlying it is not a gift of the Spirit in itself. So that's, there's some nuancing that needs to be done there, and I don't have time to work that through with you right now. But I'm just saying the Spirit is bigger than we think. The Spirit is not just present in those miraculous manifestations that we run across if we are so lucky to have experienced those in our life. It's also in the, in the, the gift of forgiveness, for example. How is it that some people find it in their heart? to forgive wrongs done to them. It's a work of the Spirit. And it's as simple as, I forgive you. So you can if if you're not looking, you'll miss it. You say, oh, what a good person. He forgave. That's a great thing. And you're missing the work of God in and through the heart of that person. So for me, this Pentecost, what I hope is that I can open open my eyes to the working of the Spirit where even I'm not paying attention where I should be. And one of the ways is through you, that, that if only I had the eyes, I would see flames of fire over each one of your heads. Because the Spirit is there. And if I'm grumpy at you, it's just because I'm missing it. Not that I'm grumpy at you, I love you guys. But, the, the, point, the point is, if only we had the eyes to see each other that way, then we would see ourselves as God sees us, as bearers of the Spirit, as rooted in the Spirit, as manifestations of the Spirit. And as we gather as the faithful community just trying to be the best we can be and be open to whatever it is that God is doing in us, through us, among us, then then the Spirit is active and alive and will do, as the prayer says, more than we can ask or imagine. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.